I was doing that trip from the northern part of Morocco all the way down to to Guinea and Guinea-Bissau, which is, I think, 8,000 kilometers, around 5,000 miles. But I was driving in very small mini uh, shared taxis and and the road the quality of the roads was really really bad it was like potholes uh, the size of bathtubs I, <laughs> at, at one point on on that trip I, I was on the front seat and i was next to the driver and we were going pretty fast and there was a cow on the road so he slowly as we were getting closer moved on to the left lane and as we were 10 meters away from this cow all of a sudden she decided that now she wants to go across the road. I don't know if you know that feeling when you get so close where you say, okay, we are gonna hit this thing. Welcome back to Drive With Us podcast. I'm Bobby. And I'm Sharon G. That was the worst in, like excitement intro ever. This is the first episode of season four. You're just like, welcome back. <laughs> Well, we're super excited to be back for another season, and we've talked to some really amazing guests this season, which I know we talk to amazing guests each season, but I feel like with each season, we get more and more crazy stories, and it's really fun to talk to these guests around the world and hear those stories, and we hope that you enjoy the stories we have for this season. That being said, we do have a few spots left for this season, so if you or anyone you know is interested in coming on the show and talking about driving, you can reach out to us at drivewithuspodcast.com or on Instagram at drivewithuspodcast. And today's driver is Polly Bo. He's from Denmark and he shared with us stories about the time he almost hit a cow, got himself and his passenger a ticket, and unknowingly crossed the Lesotho border. But before we dive into our conversation, we have some car keeping. <laughs> puns. <laughs> Car puns. <laughs> we are super excited to announce that we have both audio and video for our podcast now. Other way around. We've always had audio, you know, now we have video. It's Woo! been a long time coming, but we're yeah. super excited to finally have video. Yeah, so you can head on over to our Drive With Us podcast YouTube channel or head on over to Patreon at Drive With Us Podcast to watch the full video version of the podcast. And now that we've got the car keeping out of the way, let's get into today's driver. Today's driver is Polly Bo. He is a full-time traveler and digital nomad from Denmark. At the age of 50, he made a bold decision to sell everything, his house, his car, all his furniture, and then set out on a quest to visit every country around the world while documenting everything on the Radio Vagabond podcast. He is a longtime radio producer and runs his production company, Radio Guru, while he's on the road. Here he produces radio, podcasts, and other sound design for his clients, like the Lego Group. Let's meet today's driver. Welcome, Pally. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. We're so excited to talk to you about your driving stories, especially since you've traveled so many places around the world. Before we drive, before we dive into your before drive, we drive, yeah, before we drive, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm already into the driving zone. Yeah, let's give our listeners a better sense of your driving experience. So, what are some of the places that you've driven, and where are you currently? 
Well, I um, I'm a Danish citizen, so I grew up in Denmark. And before I started traveling full time, I've been driving all over, especially Western Europe. I think I've been to at least 15 countries driving around in Europe. And then on my my journey, I've done many many road trips in the U.S. At least 20 different states, maybe even close to 30. I've done a bit of driving in in Canada, in Ontario and Quebec, also in Mexico. In in Asia, it's only been a bit of driving in Malaysia for some reason, as far as I remember. And then I've done quite a bit of driving in the southern part of Africa. I did a road trip from uh, Cape Town in South Africa to Johannesburg and went to Eswanti, what used to be Swaziland. And then I almost went to Lesotho, but that's a story that I think we'll get back to. And right now I'm in El Salvador and I just completed a two-week road trip driving around Costa Rica. I haven't been driving here in El Salvador, but I might do that before I leave if I can if I can get a car here. Uh, I, I love driving and I, I feel it's a great way to, to travel around and not being dependent on buses and, and stuff. I remember I when I was in Colombia uh, a couple of months ago, I, I was driving on a bus and I just thought, oh man, I want to go here and get a car and drive from north to south or the other way so I can stop whenever there's something beautiful I want to see. So yeah, I've, I have been driving quite a lot. I'm, I'm 56 years old, uh, so I've been driving for close to 30 years. When when I was young, it was 18 years in Denmark, not 16 like in the US. That was the, the limit for when you can get a license. They've changed that recently, but when I was young, it was 18. And, and then I've been driving a, a, a ton since then. Yeah, I agree with you when you're mentioning earlier that just having the ability to drive, even when you're in other countries, just gives you more freedom of where you can go and what you want to do. Whereas if you're like in a tour group or if you're on a bus, it's very limiting of how much time you have in each place and where you can get off and explore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your driving career. What would you say is your relationship with driving? Do you love it? Do you hate it? And do you prefer being the driver or passenger most of the time? I love driving and I... I love driving myself. I, I also, I don't mind being a passenger. So whenever it's it's possible to uh, go on a road trip with, uh, with a friend so we can take turns in driving, I, I also enjoy that. But, but I, I don't mind driving. I don't like driving too long. I normally, when I do these road trips, I, I normally only try to do three to 400 kilometers. How much is that in miles? 250 per day so and and that's normally something i can do in like three hours but then it can I, it can mean that i get plenty of time to do some stops along the way i i i when i lived in denmark i a friend of mine drove all the way from um, italy to denmark in in one stretch without any breaks at all and it's like 16 hours of driving and I would never do that. I for one thing it's it's not enjoyable uh, and I feel that the the driving itself it's not about getting to the destinations it's also about getting in the car and driving out your driveway when when I did those trips. So I would always when I when I did a trip to Italy I would always make a stop along the way to spend the night so I I I can also be awake when I'm driving because I feel it's 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 super dangerous uh, when you're driving when you're tired. Uh, it's it's almost like drunk driving in my opinion. But I I really really enjoy it. 
Now that we know a little bit about your relationship with driving, what would you say are some of your top craziest driving experiences? Well, I I mentioned before the time that I almost went to Lesotho. For those listening that don't know, Lesotho is a small, tiny kingdom, totally, totally inside South Africa, but it's an independent UN nation. So I'm on a quest to visit every UN nation in the world. So when I was doing that road trip from Cape Town to Johannesburg and I was so close to it, I, yeah, I needed to go there. And I rented this normal sedan. It was a Toyota Corolla. And I looked at a map and, and it's a mountain road up to this, this small kingdom in, in, in the mountains. This is it's quite a, quite a challenging road, but I was not aware just how crazy it was. It was insane. You do not drive up this road that's called Sani Pass. You do not do that unless you have a 4x4. And I was driving a, a Toyota Corolla. And I don't know how, but I managed to get to the border. And I didn't even know that it was the border. So I just crossed without stopping because I was on a roll. I was driving up these. It was, it was basically just big rocks. Uh, and sometimes the bottom of this car would scrape against the rocks, but I was taking it slow and I was so focused on, <laughs> on getting up there. I just crossed the border and then I came to a river and I thought, okay, I better stop here. And I got out of the car. It was like two, 300 meters from the border uh, crossing. So uh, yeah, around a thousand feet from the border crossing. And, and I just stopped there and this officer, he... He came after me. He wasn't even driving up there. He was just walking slowly because he knew for a fact that I was not going to go any further than that. I was not going to cross that river in that car. And and I bet that I, I could just, I wish I had been a fly on the wall inside that office. When they saw this Toyota Corolla crossing that border, they've never seen anything like it. Not up there. And I bet the conversation they must have had is like, what was that? <laughs> and then one saying, let me just stroll up to him and, 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 and speak to him because that is crazy. And he came up in this wonderful South African accent. He asked me what I was doing. And I said, I'm going to Lesotho. And he just said, not in that vehicle you are, <laughs> because the road from here is just getting even more crazy. And I don't know how you managed to get so far. It's crazy. I think he got in the car and we were backing back to the, the border control. And I went into the office and they said, well, you're not going to get up there. You can wait here and maybe there's a four by four coming. You can get a lift with, but you, you can't go up. It was like it was like running a marathon in flip flops. It was insane. So I have not been there yet. That small piece doesn't count as a visit to Lesotho. So I, I just turned around after realizing, no, it's not going to happen and, and made my way down the mountain again. I can, I can just imagine what they were thinking. Like, was that a... Yeah, that was a Corolla. They're not going to make it very far. <laughs> no, not in that vehicle. I was just thinking that you probably just made their conversation for the day like oh, yeah. a good one. 
I, mean, I, I bet they're still talking about it. But thank God, I when I do my, my my travel podcast, I keep my my recorder recording all the time. So I got the whole thing on tape with him coming up to me and the conversation I had with him and going into the office. So that's that's in my podcast. You should absolutely just search for if you want a good travel story or a driving story. It's it's called the day I nearly went to Lesotho. So yeah, that's that's quite insane. When I got to to Costa Rica, I, I I'd also seen that the roads in Costa Rica, especially if you get off the the main roads and onto the small roads, and I like to do that, you should get a better car. So I I didn't get a a four by four per se. I got a nice big SUV. So I was able to drive in in some of the more challenging roads that I wouldn't be able to do in a Toyota Corolla. But at at some point, I I got onto a road and was I was the only one there. It was a dirt road and sometimes over small rivers and stuff like that. And I, w- I didn't meet anybody for half an hour. And then I got to where the road just turned into one big river. And I could just see myself trying to drive through it. I might have been able to, but I'm pretty sure that I would have gotten stuck in the mud and it was so far away from everything so there wasn't even a signal on my on my cell phone i could just see myself getting stuck there not knowing where i am and not having anybody to help me so i turned around on that one too and drove all the way back uh, where i came from but it, it's it's all part of the adventure and i like to get off the main roads uh, and get onto the small roads that was one crazy story have you had any other crazy stories in all your adventures of the different countries you've visited i do have one i remember whenever i'm driving in a different country than my, than my own I, I really try to always keeping the speed limits but at some point when i was in north carolina i i missed flashing light and I was um, stopped for speeding in a school zone. It was not my proudest moment. And at the time I was uh, house sitting and my house sitting host, she became a good friend of mine. And at some point when she was back at the house, we wanted to go to a, a network meeting because she's also quite a bit of a traveler. And I've been driving her car for, for a Quite a bit, and and she said, "Oh, do you mind driving? I I need to uh, answer some emails." So I was driving her car when I was stopped, and he got my my Danish driver's license, which is a plastic car that says EU on it. It's a European Union type uh, standard driver's license, and it's totally international. I've been renting cars with that in the U.S. Many, many, many times without an, anything specific saying international driver's license. I can totally do that uh, on this one. But this young police officer, he was in his 20s and he, he'd never seen anything like it. So he took it back to the, the squad car behind us and, and came back and said, I, I, I'm giving you a fine to her. He said, obviously, I'm getting a fine for, for speeding. That was only fair. But he gave her a fine as well for letting somebody drive her car without a valid driver's license. I said, no, 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 no. I've been, I've been renting cars in, in, and I think I even added, I've been renting cars for the last uh, 35 years in, in the US. So he could think, okay, before I was born. So I said, okay, I can totally do that. I, I, I can definitely do that. And then he went back to the car again and, and spoke to his superior and came back and said to her, well, um, I'm sorry about that. Uh, you're not going to pay. I, I just didn't know. And we were all fine. And I, I paid my fine. And then 
he said to her that she didn't have to do anything, that it would be canceled. But it never was. And she got she got to pay a fine for for letting me drive, quote unquote, without a, a valid driver's license, which was really not fair. So that was one time I was pulled over. And another time was uh, a more pleasant experience. That was when I was getting close to Canada after a road trip in, in New England. And just before the border, I stopped at a rest stop and I, I had an American SIM card in one phone and, and, and my other phone with a Danish number. So I was sitting in the car close to the border with two phones and a police officer came up because I was so close to the border and he was there to patrol anything suspicious. And he found it curious that I was sitting there with two phones and what's going on. But then when he got the story, it would it all turned out fine. And we started chatting away for 15 minutes and he even told me where I can get some duty-free liquor. And <laughs> so it, it, that, that turned out to be a really, really pleasant experience with the, the, the U.S. police force. But, but it, it varies. That's, that's funny. You would think that with the amount of international travelers that come into the U.S. that they should train police officers to at least have an idea of what different licenses would look like and what is actually valid. Yeah, totally. But I guess especially, especially, especially because it's, it's a standard for the entire European Union. It's very common. And in all countries so far, except for one, I've been able to, to rent a car without having one of these cardboard international driver's permits that I can get, I know, when I'm back in Denmark. Uh, and I, I do have one now that I got the last time I was there. But when I was in, in Jeju Island, uh, a small island in the uh, in South Korea. I rented an Airbnb in the middle of the island, so quite a bit away from everything. But since I was going to have a car, it wasn't going to be a problem. I booked a car, and when I got there, they wouldn't give it to me just because I only had my my driver's license and not that special where it says international driver's permit. So I was stuck there and had to go on buses, which was very inconvenient because they were not that many of them so yeah that was a totally different experience than i would have had if i if i got the car and i live and learn and i need to be aware of where i need that and where i don't need that are there a lot of countries where you would have to get an international license or like what is the process of getting an international driver's license well, for me, it's uh, pretty straightforward. Just walk into the the government office they have where they serve people, which we call Boa service. And it's it's just a place where you go in and uh, where you also get a passport renewal and just go in there and say, I need an international driver's permit. And they, they take my driver's license and fill out a few lines and give it a stamp. And it's like... Uh, four dollars it's next to nothing i don't think they're valid for that long so i have to renew it every time i'm back in denmark or every other time i'm back in denmark it's not that uh, often i go there but it's good to have and i have one now the time in south korea is the only time i've experienced i'm sure there are other countries that ask for it but it's just something that i never experienced before with all the places that you have been that you've driven or been a passenger, have you noticed that there are certain types of drivers in different areas? For example, we are in Maryland in the U.S., 
And mm-hmm. what we've noticed here is a lot of drivers do not like to use their indicators. Have you noticed any certain like driving types in different areas that you've been? Yeah, well, in some countries they they drive a little bit more crazy than you guys do in in the US and we do in Europe. Might be even differences uh, throughout Europe how how they drive the the further south we get in Europe. Some people might accuse the uh, Spanish and the Italians and the Greeks for driving more crazy, but it's not something that I would be afraid of driving in those countries. Before before getting ready for this, I was thinking are there countries where I wouldn't drive? And I say, yeah, well, I don't know. In some parts of Sri Lanka, uh, India, and also some parts of Mexico, I have been driving in Mexico, but it's, it might be in, in some parts there might be, be a dangerous, not for the traffic itself, but more for the, the risk of uh, being being stopped by some people who want to do you harm. And the same goes for, obviously, some places in Africa where I think I might not want to drive through some of the countries there. But the driving styles, uh, uh, people in some countries drive more aggressively than than others. I've never had any issues. I've been driving so many places in the U.S. and I, I, I can't really say that I noticed that much of a difference in the driving styles i'm sure there is but but i it's not something that i thought a lot about there are different rules that apply for driving in in different countries for example in 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 denmark when you're driving on the freeway or the highway you're not allowed to pass somebody on the inside on on the right side Uh, a lot of people do but it's it's technically illegal and i I think it might be legal in 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 the U.S. or at least in some parts of the U.S. Yeah, I think the passing on right is frowned upon here, but people mm. do it. Nobody cares. <laughs> exactly. Now that we've heard some of your crazy driving stories, let's dive into more of what kind of driver you are. How would you describe yourself as a driver and would your family and friends agree? I am the best driver there is. <laughs> no, I no, I don't know if I am. I think I'm a sensible driver. I wouldn't say I'm a boring driver and I think I well I I have had a driver's license for more than 35 years. I think if if you'd asked my my friends and family or if you'd asked me like 20 years ago, I would say, yeah, I'm a pretty good driver and then they would have said no, 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 no. But now <laughs> I, I I think I'm pretty decent now. I don't take crazy risks especially when i'm driving in in another country or driving in a country like uh, south africa where where they drive on the wrong side of the road not like uh, you and i do I, I, i'm i'm driving i'm a sensible driver i don't take crazy risks i uh, much rather take a little bit longer i'm not i'm not racing and i try to make sure that i i follow the rules even though the locals absolutely don't and sometimes i'm i'm sure they're driving behind me thinking that i'm so annoying because i'm driving so slow and just driving a little bit above speed level level i'm not i'm not crazy like i have to be exactly but just a little bit over but they would go crazy and tailgating me uh, all the way and being super annoyed with me since you did mention the wrong side of the road and the correct side of the road (laughs) have you ever driven in countries where you had to drive on the opposite side of what you were used to and what was that experience like 
Yeah, I have. Like uh, like I mentioned, they do that in South Africa uh, and and also in Malaysia, actually. And also, I've been driving quite a bit in, in the UK, uh, in England and Scotland. And they, they also do that. But the rest of the Europe, uh, the rest of Europe is like uh, in the US. The first time I did that was uh, eight, nine years ago. I was in, in Cape Town and uh, I rented a car and I spoke to other people who had done that and they would go out of the city to rent a car just so they can drive on some small roads but not me i got one in in the center of cape town and that's where i drove on uh, the wrong side of the road or the left side of the road uh, for the first time in my life and uh, some people said that was impressive and i didn't think I i thought the what do you call them the roundabouts the the round things thingies <laughs> we got <laughs> yeah um I, I thought that would be the tricky part but that wasn't actually so bad it was more the the big right turns in a in a in a big intersection where okay i need to keep my eyes straight how do i do that and try to follow the others and that's because normally it's just like just skipping around the corner, but here you are. It's, it's just oh, so upside down. It was actually not until I'd been driving uh, in South Africa for quite a while. And then I just became so used to it that I, I forget it. So if I'm exiting from, say, a gas station and, and I'm going right, I'm supposed to go on the other side of the road. And I, I'm supposed to look in 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 both directions before doing that but then that's when i become careless and forget that i'm i'm not just going around the corner because that's so ingrained in you that i would just only look left and then go out right with a big truck almost coming straight at me so i had that experience where it was close call because I, I gotten so used to it it's it's more like in the first few days you're very observant and very focused because you have to drive on the the other side of the road that you're used to uh, i think that was quite a, a bit more challenging for me uh, driving in south africa was every time i had to put the indicator on I would put the windshield wiper on because <laughs> they're also <laughs> upside down. So every time I was about to make a turn, my windshield wiper would go, wink, walk, wink, walk. Yeah, crazy. And and actually, on my first visit to Cape Town, when I was uh, the day that I was going to uh, take the car back, I came out to the car. I put my bag in the trunk and and I got in the driver's seat and I closed the door. And that's when I realized I was sitting <laughs> in the wrong seat. <laughs> I, I was sitting in the left side and the steering wheel was over there and I was all alone and I just started laughing hysterically because that's just so silly. I've been driving for two weeks at that time every single day and I, here I was and the, the fact that I managed to close the door and was sitting with the key trying to put that in where it was no room for the key was just so crazy. That's hilarious. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. Self-drive. <laughs> exactly. I would get so confused if I was going back and forth between driving on the left and driving on the right. I feel like it takes a lot of, you have to think about it and be like, okay, make sure I'm on the right side of the road. Because our uncle who came from England and visited in the US, he said he 
forgot for a little bit and accidentally ended up on the wrong side of the highway. And then when he realized exactly. he had to U-turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, uh, because you, you just forget all of a sudden and driving is like walking uh, when you've done it so much and you don't even think about what it is that you're doing. That's when it becomes um, dangerous when you actually forget that you're driving in the left side. Yes, I agree. What would you say out of the countries that you've been to, or you can say in the States too, since you've been to so many States, which one was your least favorite to drive in and which one was your most favorite? The roads and the quality of driving in the U.S. is is so it's, it's so good all over. I would say the least favorite is where I've been driving, where nothing much is happening. It's just a long stretch of road for a very, very long time. I did a, quite a long road trip from Billings, Montana to Los Angeles, but I was taking huge detours. I was going through 15 states in a total of 4,500 miles. Uh, so it was like a big S driving around. And, and some parts of that was going through for hours and hours and hours on more like a just a great line uh, through nothing where nothing really was happening for a very long time and and that might be the least favorite but it's not like the quality of the roads was bad it was just a bit boring because nothing was happening it's been super interesting i I mentioned briefly that I was doing that trip from the northern part of Morocco all the way down to to Guinea and Guinea-Bissau which is I think 8000 kilometers around 5,000 miles. And I wasn't driving myself, but I was driving in very small mini uh, shared taxis from old Peugeot's um, that they made into a seven-seater. They call them Set Plus. And uh, people crammed in, in those old cars from the 80s. Uh, and and the, road, the quality of the roads was really, really bad. It was like potholes uh, the size of bathtubs and sometimes there's a camel or a cow dry, walking around on the road and so yeah that was some parts of me wish I was driving myself so I could it could have been more comfortable and I could have stopped more places but then at the same time it was that was more um, a matter of getting from A to B and not the journey itself because it was it was rough and uh, yeah the suspension in those cars it were was also not so great and sometimes i would be in the in the back corner in the tiny seat with three people beside me and i'm i'm quite a tall guy so i would be with a, with a metal beam on on top of my head because i was in the corner and whenever it hit a pothole or a, a bump in the road i would bang my head against the ceiling so yeah some of that was uh, really a bit unpleasant and uh, i wish I, that i'd been i'd been driving myself it, it was more rough than driving around europe or south africa or the us i would definitely say it's like you go to the driver and be like can i drive please <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, at one point on on that trip I, I was on the front seat i got shotgun for that so that was nice and i was next to the driver and we were going pretty fast and there was a cow on the road. We were driving on the right side and the cow was on the right side. So he slowly, as we were getting closer, moved on to the left lane. And as we were 10 meters away from this cow, all of a sudden, she decided that now she wants to go across the road. So we were so close and this cow just not really thinking about it, was walking right in front of us and... and 
I don't know if you know that feeling when you get so close where you say, okay, we are gonna hit this thing. We're gonna, we're gonna crash. We're gonna crash right into this cow and it's gonna come through the windshield. So it was like brace for impact. You got that feeling the, the split seconds before. And I don't know how the driver managed, but he just managed to swirl around it on the on the right side of it, and it was so close that, and I could just f almost see the the his heart was in his throat as, as we were going on. We didn't speak the same language, but I I patted him on the shoulder and said, "Good driving, man. That was so close. That was a cow, and a bit later it was a camel and a few pigs. Quite a crazy road trip." Ooh, that must take a lot of skill to be able oh. to avoid hitting all that. With all the type of things that you've seen while driving, what would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve? I would actually think I was something I experienced more when when I lived in Denmark. When you were driving these two lanes, freeways, and there's a slow driver in front of you on the left lane with nothing in front of it. And, and they should be pulling over to the right. I'm not allowed to pass them on the right. So most of the times I wouldn't do that, but it's kind of annoying that they don't pull in. I'm not the guy who's driving super close to them, but I still get annoyed. I keep my distance. I'm not tailgating them. But then what really, really gets to me is when there's a... Um, a car tailgating me behind and, and flashing the lights. We don't really use the horns a lot in Denmark than, than people do in other countries, but he would be very close behind me and flashing his light. And maybe he would be driving a really nice, big luxury car. So he feels like he's entitled to the whole road for himself. And I can't, I can't move. I can't move. I, I want to move as well, but I, there's this idiot in front of me. And, and, so, so I feel like I almost tempted just to slow down, or maybe at least put my foot on on the brake so the the, the uh, light is flashing, so he might be a little bit scared. Because if I were to brake and he would slam up to me, he, it would be his, be his responsibility. But I get really annoyed. I don't get road rage. I must say I never get road rage. But this is one of the things that really annoys me. So what I do instead is I pull into the right let him pass and then i pull out behind him and then i start flashing my light just to <laughs> give him a bit of taste of his own medicine but not for too long because i i, I don't want to provoke him but that is something that it really really annoys me and another thing that really gets my blood boiling is when i'm i'm driving on the freeway and we're going uphill and there's there are two huge trucks passing each other and they're almost at the same speed so it takes like five minutes for one to pass the other it's so annoying it really really so annoying when there's we call we have a term for that in danish we call it an an elephant passing because it's it's kind of like watching two elephants just walk side by side and one trying to pass the other it takes forever and that really gets to me 
and I remember driving in France at some point. And the, the French uh, truck drivers, you, you don't want to do anything to mess with them because then they would just park their <laughs> trucks on the on the freeway. They they whenever they have a protest, they park, they block all the traffic in all of France. But the, I think they have some kind of communication system because as as he was finally getting done with the passing i was so annoyed being behind him all this time so i just flashed my light just a few times just to let him know that that was not cool dude and then after that the next half an hour whenever i got close to a truck he would pull out in front so i'm sure they were on the um, uh, internal radio system saying 10-4 rubber duck there's a there's a guy in a in a hyundai coming uh, make sure that you annoy him by by pulling out and uh, yeah annoy him because he would blink his light at me and we don't want that i wish i'd said that with a french accent oh i can just see this now <laughs> all the truck drivers just communicating with each other and be like that car don't let him go <laughs> don't let him go well, you did mention earlier that you don't get road rage yourself. Have you ever had someone who had road rage towards you? One that I can think of was when I was super, super young. I just got my driver's license and there was a, a, a party in the in in the next uh, village from where I lived back in Denmark. And, and I, was, I was assigned to be the designated driver for the night. And there was uh, another guy behind me and he may have come from the same party and he may have been drunk or something similar or have his buddies in the car egging him on because uh, he was tailgating me the whole uh, way, flashing his light really with a strong light in the back of my window. And as he was turning and I had to go straight, I I flashed at him. Uh, I don't, for some reason I came so I could give him a, a bit of his own meds. Yeah, he passed me. He passed me like crazy, really, really irresponsible. And then just as I was uh, making a turn, I gave him a flash. Then he turned around and, and came after me really, really fast. And, and for the next 10, 15 minutes, we were driving like crazy because if he had caught me, I'm sure he would have kicked my and and I was really really <laughs> afraid. So yeah, I was being chased around my hometown, and I was super scared. That sounds really scary. It seems like flashing your lights to you guys is equivalent to us honking our horn because everyone here prefers to honk over flashing lights. I don't think people really flash their lights here. It's you more just... like flashing your lights here is more of like that okay you can go kind of symbol as opposed to get out of my yeah. way yeah we're, we're very polite in denmark uh, uh <laughs> I, I think i, th I think um, he might have uh, used a horn as well but when we use the horn it's it's either if something is really dangerous or if you want to say hi to somebody so doo -doo. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and I bet if there's some Danish people listening, they're saying, oh, that's not right. We do, but it's, maybe it's just me. I don't know. In comparison to everywhere else you've been, it's not as bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, now that we know a little bit about your driving experiences, let's go back to how it all started. How would you describe your first time driving experience and who was it with? Honestly, I don't really remember. When we 
take our driver's license. We don't have the thing where you can drive with the, your parent, or maybe we do now. <laughs> the, the rules have changed. But and no, no, we have to go to a, a special driving school and uh, also go and drive on a test track. And then I, I, I did get a car uh, of my own and, and got into an accident uh, where I was driving to work. And at some point I came up on, on some very small roads, I came up to this road where I thought I was going to turn right. Uh, and then my co-worker who was next to me, he said, no, we're not turning here. So I, I put the, the indicator on. So it, it maybe flashed once or twice. Uh, and then I, I put it off again because we were going straight. And there was somebody coming from that road uh, and only looked at me when I was blinking. And then she thought, okay, he's, he's turning. So it's safe for me to go out. And then she just drove out right in front of me. So I smashed into the side of that car and it was quite a bit. Nobody got hurt, but both cars were quite in, uh, in a bad shape. And we actually ended up getting 50% um, of fault for, for that accident because I admitted that I'd, I'd, I'd flashed my light, but I still think it was uh, her fault for driving out in front of me. That makes me wonder if you see someone that has their indicator on to say they're turning, would you just pull out onto the road or would you actually wait to see if they actually are going to and they didn't just... Like, I would, right? I, I would, yeah, I would absolutely wait to see if they were actually going or, or just having it on by mistake. I, I, I can imagine, especially if you're going onto a road and somebody's coming from the left, I would never uh, turn left without looking uh, to see if somebody was actually coming, uh, no matter if there was an... It was mostly her fault, but obviously I had a, a bit of uh, responsibility in that, but I think it was definitely mostly her, her fault. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think I trust other drivers enough, especially here where first they don't use their indicator. It's either you don't use it or you leave it on. <laughs> so I don't think mm, I trust other exactly. drivers enough to be using it right. Yeah, exactly. You touched a little bit on this, but I'm curious to know what the driver's test process is like in Denmark, because in the U.S. here, you practice, you get your permit and then you practice with your parents and then you can go for the test. And I know you were briefly touching on this, but I'm curious to know what the mm. process is like, and what the test is like. The, the rules have changed slightly. I'm not, I'm not really that familiar with how it is now, only that you can uh, start a bit earlier before you turn 18. I think you can start when you're 17 now. But in, in my case, when, when once you turned 18, you go to a, a driving school and you get in a car with them next to you and they have, they have um, pedals uh, as well so they can hit the brakes if I don't do it. And then we just go on to small roads and take, take lessons. And when the driving instructor thinks that you're ready for it, you you go up to a driver's test. Since then, the, 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 you ha also have to go on a special track and, and, and try driving in wet and all that. But in my case, back then in the day when everything was black and white, <laughs> there was it was not the case. We would just go on the roads and sometimes we would go driving at night. But it was up to the driving instructor when, in my case, a woman, when she felt like you were ready. And then there's also more like a theory class where you need to study and, and go to an exam and have to answer all the questions right. And if you fail that, if, if the driving test itself was with somebody from 
a skilled driver from the police, I think, next to you. And they would just be there, not saying anything, but yeah, turn right here, turn left, go straight ahead, make a parallel park here, um, do this and that. Uh, and they wouldn't say anything and just be sitting with a little piece of paper and uh, taking notes. And if, if they feel like you're okay, then you pass. And if they feel that you're not, you have to get some more driver's lessons and spend some more money on that and go up to another test. Uh, and then until you, until you get it. I remember my mom, she took her driver's license when she was in her late 30s, I think, uh, when I was a kid. And and she, I think she she had such a hard time learning. So I think she did seven drivers tests before she got it, and and so so many drivers hours. Uh, so so that's the way it goes. Uh, and then once you get it, I remember my my drivers. I was in high school at the time, or gymnasium as we call it, and and she would uh, drive me to school and say congratulations and and remember that you still have a lot to learn. So. Don't think that you're a world champion now. You got your driver's license and you can go driving alone, but don't think that you're a champion and uh, you still have a lot to learn. So that was good advice from on, on her side. When you get your license, when you pass that on the road test, here in the U.S., you have like a provisional license and then you have to like drive for like a year or so after you pass your test before you can be upgraded to the quote-unquote adult license is that something similar mm -hmm. there no no you you do get a piece of paper that's kind of a provincial uh, license uh, but that's it's just as valid as the normal driver's license that's one of the things as far as i know that is nowadays when when you get the license you have to be with your parents so i think that we might have a similar system in denmark now but i'm I have to check up on that, uh, but the, the, yeah, as I said, the rules have changed. I, I have a funny story though about driver's licenses that I heard when I was in uh, Nicaragua. A friend of mine there, he he told me that once you go up to the driving test, you'll maybe if in in that case that he described, there were fifteen people there, and they randomly selected one to to go first for the driver's test. And when he came back and he was told that he passed. All the 14 other people in the group were cheering like crazy because if he passed, they all pass. And if he failed, they all fail. That's the rule in Nicaragua, apparently. That is so crazy. It's like you're taking the test for all of us. Exactly, exactly. And he was wow. just randomly chosen. And yeah, so yeah, he a lot of pressure on his shoulders. I don't like that rule because <laughs> how do you know how the other people drive? What if they're really bad drivers? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man, I'm glad that's not a rule here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Switching gears a little bit, we talked about your past driving experience and your current driving experience. Let's dive a little bit into the future of driving with the possibility of self-driving cars becoming a thing, maybe not that soon in the future, but eventually. What are your thoughts on self-driving cars and would you get in one? Absolutely. If, because if, if they're there, I, I, I guess that some people who know better than me have made sure that they're secure. So yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for that. It's, 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 it, it's got to be possible. I'm sure it will, it'll, it'll get to us. And I, I just can't wait to, for that. It's amazing. Yeah, I feel like with traveling too, it might make it easier, especially if you're not comfortable with 
all the different rules of driving in different countries. You could just get in this car and let it do its thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a big, maybe the biggest Back to the Future fan there is on this planet, I would say, <laughs> when are the flying cars coming? That's what I'm waiting for. Yes, that would be awesome. Just avoid all traffic. <laughs> Yeah, but I guess with the, the self-driving cars, I guess I would be freaking out if I was driving on a road and there was a car coming and nobody was inside. It was like, what is going on? Or yeah. maybe just somebody was in the backseat playing cards and it's like, this is just too weird. <laughs> but I guess we'll get used to it. All changes uh, take some getting used to. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Final bonus question time. Oh, here ready? it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. You told me that there's going to be a bonus question that is going to be a big, big surprise. So I can't wait. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? Did you say one nude driving law? <laughs> no. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I... I Oh, that is a tough one. Oh, I have no idea what I would say to this. Uh, you have all the power. I have all the power. If I have all the power and having been stuck in traffic so much, yeah, I would make a rule that there should always be a lane opening for me whenever I, I, I got because I have supreme power and everybody was, would just be getting out of the way yeah that, that that would be nice but probably not that realistic just have uh like opposite opposed like instead of mag like a magnet that like attracts you should have like a repelling <laughs> and just push Ex cars <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and uh, yeah a, a special vagabond lane or or a pallet lane would be yeah that would be that would be nice you did say ultimate power Yes. Now that we're coming to the end of the episode, what are some <laughs> what are some driving tips or advice that you would have for other drivers, whether it's just for driving or if they're interested in taking road trips and traveling to other countries? I, I think it would be that when you get in a car in a different country, just take it slow. Don't don't try to rush anything. Just take it slow and try to be be very nice to the other drivers and but at the same time don't be too slow try to follow the traffic but be careful and be aware that people might not be as good a driver as you there might be in some countries more drunk drivers on the road that than there are in your country and some of them might have just won the lottery in Nicaragua with a driver's license and may not be super skilled. So be aware of that, but take it slow and don't be in a rush and also don't be scared. Very great advice. Before we let you go, I know you have a podcast of your own. Where can listeners find you? Yeah, my podcast is it's a travel podcast. It's called The Radio Vagabond. And I, I, I bring my microphone everywhere. So there, there is a ton of me sitting in a car talking to myself and the listeners about what's happening and also recordings of when I get pulled over by the police or when I try to do Sani Pass. So there's a lot of that. Uh, it's called the Radio Vagabond. And one thing that's important is that you search the Radio Vagabond because if you just search 
Radio Vagabond, you get the Danish version, and I don't think you want that. So the Radio Vagabond and the blog is called the radiovagabond.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and talking to us about your crazy driving experiences. It was really interesting to hear about different countries. And now we know, don't go to Nicaragua. There might be a lot of people who just won the lottery and got their license. <laughs> yeah, it was an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And I've listened to your podcast for, for quite a while. So it was it was quite an honor to uh, to be a guest here as well. That was a really fun conversation, and I truly enjoyed hearing about what it was like driving between the different countries Polly has been to. And the best part was, well, one of the best parts was his advice at the end about taking it slow when you're traveling, especially when you go to other countries, because you don't know what the laws are there, and it may not be the same as it is in your own country. And I feel like this applies to not just driving, but it's also like a life, a thing to take in for life taken for life <laughs> yeah a thing to apply to your life because taking it slow i feel like is better in terms of less stress and you're better able to handle situations and that's so similar to when you're driving the more patient you are and the more slower you take well obviously like you don't want to be super slow driving in the fast lane but like the more calmer you are behind the wheel i feel like it's better in the long run because you are driving this metal box death trap yeah and i really liked how he how his mom told him when he got his license she was like okay great congratulations you have your license but don't think you're some sort of superhero invincible person now you still have a lot to learn and especially here like they don't teach you everything you still have to learn so much about driving and how crazy people are on the road so i thought that was great advice oh i agree I feel like driver said teaches you not even the bare minimum in my opinion. <laughs> I feel like I didn't got nothing out of driver said. So yeah, most of it comes from actually going through driving after you get your license and the experiences you have. Just take it slow. We hope you enjoyed listening to Polly's driving stories. Let us know in the comments or on Instagram at Drive With Us Podcast if you could relate to any of his stories. And be sure to stay until the end of this episode to hear a sneak peek of next week's episode with John David Lewis from Abu Dhabi. And you definitely don't want to miss next week's episode. Well, we hope you don't miss any episode, but we had such a great time chatting with him and we got quite a few good laughs. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support the show by sharing it with all of your friends or leaving us a review. It truly does help us get discovered. And thank you for choosing to drive with us, and we'll see you next week. So we're coming from Orlando. I have a group. It's like a group of five. Like, the traffic was really bad. It's jam-packed. Like, 1.7 miles, we were in traffic for three hours. It's, it's double lanes, but it started to free up. And when people don't pay attention, you can get over and I got over and I cut somebody off and I didn't mean it. I really didn't. And I'm putting my hand up like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We come to a light and I look at my rear view mirror. Oh my gosh, it's like yesterday. And I look in my mirror and he has a gun and he goes like, Shh. now I see this. I told my friends, I said, oh my God, the dude got a gun. And he was like, John, just go, John, just go. I was like, oh, no, I ain't running from no gun. I ain't scared of no gun. So the light turns green and I start going like 10 miles an hour. <laughs>